Welcome to Apple at Work, the podcast that talks about Apple and the enterprise. My name is Bradley Chambers, your host as always. Uh, this week we have a we have two guests on the show. One is a returning guest, first time in gosh probably two years, uh, Ben Griner, and we also have Tim Pearson from Creative Text. So um, Adagi had a, a recent announcement about a new compliance feature that is launching, and I'm a big fan of the team at Adagi. Uh, Jason's been on the show, the CEO, been on the show multiple times. Now, now Ben, you were on the show a couple years ago. Uh, I, I'm getting old here. I think it was probably 2021, early or late 2020. Uh, but you were with a different company. You're, you recently joined Adagy, and I was like super. When I got the email that you joined, I like, I, you know, I was, your name is one of those like very synonymous in the uh, Apple uh, Mac admins community of just like being a really, really smart guy. But also, like, I think you're one of the most personal people, personable people uh, in, in, the, in the industry as well. Just, just a swell guy. So I was excited for you to join the team at Adagy. Um, but to kick it off, can you kind of explain what your role is at Adagy? where you came from and what you're what you're going to be doing in the future at Adagy? Yeah, for sure. And and first of all, thank you for that warm introduction. Uh, I wasn't expecting that. Uh, appreciate that. Thank you very much. And and actually, our other guest, or your guest, Tim, uh, we have a long history with my former MSP, Forget Computers, and Tim's uh, MSP, Creative Techs, going way back. That could be a whole other show. But uh, last time I was on your show, Bradley, I had, I had just sold my MSP, my Apple-focused MSP, to a much larger Windows-centric MSP, uh, and I spent two years at that MSP integrating my Apple team into their environment and helping them get up to speed. I took some time off, got a call from Jason. Jason said, hey, uh, I'd love for you to join Adagy, and, um, and that's how I ended up here as their Apple champion and growth advisor. And if I could spend just a minute talking about what that means, because Apple Champion and Growth Advisor, what is that? Um, the, the real growth opportunity in the, in the MDM space for Apple is reaching those Windows, traditionally Windows-focused MSPs. <clears throat> and although I do talk to both internal IT and MSPs, there are a lot of, I would say, traditional Windows-centric IT teams that don't know the Apple space as well as you do, Bradley, as well as I do, as well as Tim does. And there's some education that needs to happen. So uh, as an Apple champion myself, I want to help uh, build Apple champions across our client base and help them grow with the Apple platform and, of course, Adagy. No, that's fantastic. I agree with you. You were on a uh, recent episode of the Mac Admins podcast, which I happened to listen to this morning. It was like I saw that download my podcast feed, and I was like, oh, because I even joked with you when we started the show, uh, you're going to need to talk faster because I'm used to you speaking a little bit faster. Uh, but, yeah, I agree with you. There's so much opportunity. I mean, the Mac has done so much in such a short period of time. Like it was very much a gradually then suddenly. But there's – I mean, from an Apple point of view, I think the Mac is the best plat- best endpoint in the enterprise. And until there is, you know, they are not, you know, they're in front of every uh, person who uses a computer. I think there's still room to grow. Um, absolutely. Um, now, uh, Tim, uh, you are with a company and you self-proclaimed janitor slash owner slash CEO, uh, Creative Techs out of Seattle. Um, can you give our listeners a rundown who you are, who is Creative Techs, what kind of customers you serve and what your uh, firm specializes in? Sure, sure. Um, and actually, I love. Uh, I'm going to steal Ben's title and add that to my title now too. I think. Um, but we uh, so Creative Text. We're a small IT firm. We've been doing business for about. Tw- actually, we're celebrating our 25th anniversary. I, we haven't c- celebrated it yet, but we recognize that this is our 25th year. Um, so we support 
um, Apple users where they are. Usually, you know, obviously being around as long as we are, most of our base of users are creative people. So designers, architects, hairstylists, whatever kind of, whatever your creative is, that's where we are. Um, if you're using Apple devices, you're our customers. We support users across the globe. We have, uh, I think, between seven and 800 end users right now. Um, we are based in Seattle, so a lot of core of our business is here locally. Um, but, you know, we tend to help people wherever they are. Um, we, we partner with, um, you know, big companies where they have a, tons of IT staff, and we come in and handle all the Macs for them. Um, or we, we work a lot with a lot of our customers are between, uh, 10 and 50 users and that's kind of our sweet spot. So like a lot of, we, we, um, I proudly say we're not an MSP, um, but we are a hundred percent an MSP. We just don't tell people that. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that term is the, the actually practicality of that term is evolving where I, in some ways, like every IT firm is evolving into an MSP. I mean, you think sure. about it. I mean, you mentioned, you know, you've been in business 25 years. I think about what the IT landscape was then. It's like your, your, your projects for your customers were like, Hey, we got 50 new computers. Can you quote unquote deploy, build us an image and deploy it? Hey, right. can, can you manage our exchange server? And, and these right. were, or can you, our, our email is broken. Can you fix it? Like those things have changed. It's like now it's as much like strategy and, 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 and you know, getting the best path forward as much as it is like doing those projects because in, in some ways it's like a company, yeah, they don't have, they maybe don't have an onsite exchange server anymore, but like they want someone to come alongside them and manage their Microsoft 365 instance and like how that connects to their other SSO platforms. And again, even organizations that have 50 people like still don't have a need for some of these SaaS tools that you think of like metrics should be of bigger companies, but like, no, like, you know, a 50 person company should be deploying an SSO. Uh, and, and it's like, and a lot of this stuff is, is again, it's, these are not one-time projects anymore. They're like, these things don't stop. Like you, and it, it's certainly, they didn't 25 years ago, but like you in some ways saw like an email deployment as like a one-time thing. And now we, you know, the, I think the benefit of a, like the SaaS based world, when you're paying for things monthly, you realize like these have like monthly ongoing maintenance things. Like you should be thinking about like, okay, how are we thinking about a passkey strategy? How, how does Microsoft's recent updates like impact how this functions? So, um, yeah, I, I, I think an MSP that doesn't claim their MSP is like kind of the, that's the reality of today. Um, so I, I think, um, yeah, and, and I think that we, um, sorry, but I, I do think too, that like in today's world, if we're fixing something that's broken, we've all, we're already way off the rails, right? Like nothing should ever get to a broken point because we should be doing our job, you know, our job so well that things just don't break. Well, and, and even if it like, let's say for example, like a, a, a lightning strike, I mean, you know, is, you know, or like, um, uh, I had somebody call me a few months ago and they had, uh, their office, like there was been some like power, um, outage in there. Like they were without power for like 48 hours and they called me, they're like, so nothing broke, but like an environment thing changed. And they're like, Hey, we, what, what do you suggest we do here? Like, who should we call to, to redo? Like, we want to make sure like if employees are working from home and we don't have power, like everything's everything, they can still access everything. So yeah, it's not even a broke fix, but it's like, 
an environment situation, a business need changed, and like we need help mm-hmm. evolving that. And again, that's as much where that strategy comes in. It's like, yeah, maybe we haven't we have a new problem, but we don't know how to fix it. So it's like less like, hey, this PC is broken or has viruses, but more of like, hey, we want to make sure like if we lose power for a week because of a hurricane coming through Florida or tornado, like what is that? Like how does that you know uh, how does that happen? Like I know a friend of the show, Bob Garst, uh, down uh, at BFA down in Atlanta, like he's at client son in Florida, and it's like I know that's probably a discussion of theirs of like, okay, like how does this stuff work? And I, and I think that's, that's a role that like really forward thinking, um, uh, it companies, like, especially, I really think there's like, you know, sometimes, sometimes I'm like a high level. We think like everybody, you know, has like all the skill tests internally and they've got this like, you know, fancy infrastructure. Uh, they've got these massive it teams, like the, the five person it company in your small town, that company like keeps a lot of businesses afloat. And like, that's the unsung hero of our modern world are those, those, those five people that have been helping the same 30 clients for the last 20 years. And they've been with them through Windows Service Pack 2, Google Apps deployments, mobility, device management, Wi-Fi. Like, they've, they've evolved with those companies over time. Because, again, I'm sure y'all's company has had to evolve your skill sets over time. Like, you probably had to, at some point, pick up how to, like, how to deploy Wi-Fi. You weren't thinking about that when you when you founded it. And so, like, we've had to evolve as our customers' needs have. Uh, and, and, again, that's, that's perfect timing. So we're having you on. Um, Adigy, who, who, again, I think it's just, puts out a great product, um, recently released a new uh, compliance uh, tool. And, and so, Ben, I want to turn it back over to you. What was this announcement from Adigy and kind of what problem are you aiming to solve for customers? And then I want to talk to Tim. We're going to say, like, what does this actually mean for the end user? So, Ben, uh, what, where are we at? And before I get to that, I want to add to your point and Tim's point, uh, Bradley and Tim, about technology is changing so rapidly and so quickly like even though we're we're trying to be proactive and not react to you know things that break, uh, we are reacting to the constant change of technology more than ever before, right, Bradley? As you were saying, like something something changes, a business need changes. How can IT help me, you know, reach my goals? Uh, so bringing that back to Adigy and our recent announcement about compliance, uh, specifically device compliance, this is something that. Uh, I think Adigy would admit when I was an MSP owner, I was pushing them to to build. I'm not saying that I'm the sole reason that they created this. There were certainly lots of other people asking for it. But uh, they announced, uh, I'm going to break it down into three areas because I think they overlap and they work together, uh, but it can be complex. First is device compliance. Um, you know, are your devices compliant? Yes or no? What does compliance mean to you? Two, compliance benchmarks. For those of you that don't know where to get started, uh, Adigy built uh, benchmarks matching CIS and NIST benchmarks. And then three, conditional access. Conditional access paired with device compliance for an additional level of security. And, and something I specifically want to talk about, but maybe at the end, once we, I want to talk about why I'm so excited about conditional access. Um, once we kind of get through what all this means. Where do we want to go from here? You want me to keep talking or you want to ask me some questions? No, go ahead. I just, I, I think, I think, you know, I mean, we covered this as an article, but I want to pretend like none of our listeners have ever heard about the need for this. Cause I think this is something that is becoming as, I mean, we're just seeing more and more in terms of like regulation from uh, governments around the world in terms of how data manages, how you can prove that your data is managed effectively. I think this is a problem, even if people don't know they have it today, like this is a problem they're going to have, there's going to be 
well apparent to them uh, in the coming years that they're going to have to have a solution here. So uh, give us the rundown on, on, on what all we're aiming to do here. Yeah, I mean, the best example that I have, a, a small story, uh, when Adigy released this internally, I had just joined Adigy, and I had two devices. I had my, my work Mac, and I had a test Mac, which was a one I had put away in the closet and hadn't really touched or connected to the Internet for a while. And when they released or rolled out device compliance, device compliance with the CIS benchmarks, I plugged in the old Mac, and I went to self-service, uh, an application Adigy calls Mac Manage, and I opened that up because not only as an admin can you see all of your devices and what the comp- compliance status is, but you, as an individual, you can also open the self-service application and see if your device is compliant or not and where it's lacking. So I opened, I connected this old computer. I think it was a 2017 MacBook Pro. I connected it. And it said I, w- I had that particular device was compliant in only seven out of 81 checkboxes. And I, I don't want to go through the list of what all 81 are, but we have them listed on our website, um, what the benchmarks are. So I said, okay, there's only there's a long way to go to get this device compliant. I don't have time to mess with it. I'm going to go back to work. I'm going to check on it later. I checked on it maybe an hour later. It was now 80 out of 81 check marks compliant. It, all but one. And the one was because it, it had a firmware. It was so old it had a firmware that didn't technically meet the requirements. And that was something that we, we investigated. But just the, the power of I, I didn't do anything other than connect it to the Internet. And I went from totally out of compliance to in compliance within an hour. And I think that's super powerful. And for IT teams that want to of validate and sleep better at night knowing that they are meeting their compliance standards uh you know this is the dream state and and it's here today so i'm super excited about that this episode of apple at work is sponsored by mosul deploying managing and protecting apple devices at work shouldn't be difficult or require several solutions Mosul is the only Apple unified platform for business by combining enhanced device management endpoint security Internet privacy and security, single sign-on, enhanced app management into a single Apple-only platform. Businesses can now easily and automatically deploy, manage, protect their Apple devices automatically with one solution at an affordable price. With a solution for every business size and the best support in the market, start a free 30-day trial and see firsthand why Mosul is more than an Apple MDM. Mosul is everything you need to work with Apple. To learn more, visit business.mosul.com. That's business.mosyle.com. Thanks to Mosul for sponsoring Apple at Work this week. Now that I mean, I think the I, I look at every problem and every solution IT IT is like if I had ten thousand users around the world, how do I solve that problem? Because I think that's mm-hmm. the reality. Like you, you have to be thinking that. And I, I love that where it's like I said it and walked away, and it just kind of worked. Um, Tim, you know, for thinking about you as an Adigy uh, customer that uses it to to serve your clients, what is this compliance um, solution? How does this help you internally? But then what does this mean for your customers? Well, I mean, first of all, like Ben said, I can sleep at night better, right? And that's that's huge for me to be able to just kind of like know stuff's taken care of. But I think one of one of the things that I mean, we talked a little bit before. Most of my job is talky-talky and not techy-techy, right? Like I, I, I do a lot of times 
I spend a lot of time talking with customers about what they're doing, what their org needs to be doing six months from now, but also a lot about begging them to try to be more secure and thoughtful about their data. Um, especially, you know, design shops, I hope none of them are listening, but you know, <laughs> Apple users aren't, Apple users tend to not be concerned um, with things like malware and virus protection and data security because that's the way it's been since the 90s that everything is fine and nobody pays attention to those Apple devices. Well, we all know that's not the case anymore. So for me, it makes this conversation so much easier to be able to say, hey, look, you've got this insurance audit coming up. They're going to ask you, you know, are we... NIST compliant? Are we, you know, where are we? How are we doing this? And for me to be able to say, yes, we are, as a matter of fact, and, or, or to like work with the business, it, it, to me, it just makes such a great launching spot for a conversation because I can say, you know, Hey, here's this list of 81 things that they say it takes to actually be a compliant device. Right. And this is how you can be super secure. And I can go with a customer over the list and we can talk about like what it is, what it, what's necessary, what's not. And I think for most teams, like the full 81 is a little bit extreme, right? We're kind of really locking down a device, but we might go, you know, for one team, it's 75 of those items that make sense. And for another team, you know, it's only 40 that they care about, which in either case case is so much better than, um, what everybody was acceptable of two years ago when I was just begging for them, hey, can we can we um, turn on File Vault and can we uh, block USB devices? You know, so so to be able to 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 kind of close that loop on security, come up with what works for you, the way that they built the platform here, where we can select the items out, and then we can also have them auto remediate if we if we choose to is just fantastic. You know, so yeah, we Tim, have you, we you, do you like a seventy five as a baseline for us. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, you mentioned something that I forgot to mention, which is you can customize these benchmarks. So we Adigy provides two bench actually four there are two levels of CIS and two level, levels of NIST or NIST. And um you can take those as a starting point and turn some on or turn them off. So I think CIS has or CIS has maybe 89 actual com- complete benchmarks. We're using 81 of them. You could use, as Tim said, 50 of them. Um, so I think that's super powerful. And then the auto remediation is is huge. Um, I, I just I just love that feature. Um, the the next level of all of this is tying it into Microsoft conditional access, which is not a requirement. You can use uh, device compliance and device compliance benchmarks without conditional access but if you want to take advantage of conditional access and if you want the intune integration which i I don't know if it's if the names are changing at microsoft now but they i may be using the wrong terms already but um if you want your mac os devices to match the same level of auditing and compliance as your other devices at the organization your windows devices your, your even your chromebooks um you know you can do that by tying your macs into Microsoft conditional access. And one of the things that really excites me about that is I've talked to many over the years, many windows centric it teams who, who believe incorrectly that the requirement to bind to active directory keeps Macs off their network. And they don't realize that Macs don't honor active directory. 
And I've seen examples of this where they are dead set that, well, there's no way a Mac could connect to our network because they're not bound to Active Directory. And then we demonstrate how they certainly can. If you have a username and a password and you know where the server is located, you certainly can. So my question is, is, is how many Macs, Mac users will step out of the shadows when conditional access is enforced at an organization? And I think we're going to see we're going to see that happen as, as, as companies start to adopt conditional access. And once that happens, th- there are only a few choices that employees can make. They either can stop using their unmanaged Mac at the organization because it's not going to work, it's not going to meet the conditions, or they're going to enroll into some type of BYOD enrollment, BYOD-MDM, which is certainly a possibility, uh, or they're, they're going to ask for a Mac at work, which is the employee choice story we've all talked about. So that's what that's what gets me excited. Like, what is going to happen when businesses start adopting, and, and it's now easy to adopt conditional access at even a small organization? Tim, you mentioned, um, you know, kind of spending a lot of your job talking to people. And I think that um, I'm sure there are days you wish you could just spend more time in front of Terminal. But, I, you know, I think that I've always heard that, Software is a people business. People buy from people. Um, people support software. People use software. And I think there, a lot of our solutions now are they're kind of like uh, wind-up cars where you just have to get them wound up going in the right direction. They just operate. Uh, but you've got to get the right foundation. And, they, and, and being able to help customers um, ensure their Macs are compliant. Because I, I, I do know, I, I continue to hear that Cyber risk insurance is getting harder and harder to get, um, but it's becoming more and more desired. Um, and you're mu- you're going to be able you, – you, they're not just giving this out willy-nilly um, like they maybe were 10 years ago because it was basically free money. Cause, but enough of these claims have had to be paid that people are starting to ask more questions um, about how prepared you are. And what you don't want is a situation where you cannot get cyber risk insurance because your device is not compliant. And you know, you mentioned that like a lot of Mac users maybe have their head in the setting in terms of malware. And, and do, I, do I think the Mac is the most secure uh, endpoint um, you know, in the enterprise, yeah, I do that. Apple's iPhone, Mac, iPad—I think they're the most secure devices. And, and, but the, I think the thing we have to know as an industry is being secure and proving you're secure are two different things. Um, and, and being and having the guardrails, having the compliance, and being able to pr- prove you're compliant is just as important as actually being secure. Um, because when, again, when you start looking at cyber risk insurance, like it's not enough to – there is no like, hey, trust me, bro, for my Macs are secure. Like you must have the implementation to be able to prove that. Um, it's just the reality of doing business in the enterprise world. Like this isn't – you know, we, we're long gone right. from the days like we were just content with the Macs being able to connect to the exchange server. Um, Apple devices are have kind of entered the big boy uh, realm of the enterprise IT world, and, and playing with this compliance uh, story is a huge part of that. Uh, but it, it really has to be in a way where – you're not having to like re-architect your environment to be able to, to, to ensure you're compliant, but also to be able to prove it. And I think Ben, your story of like this old Mac became, you know, obviously, you know, wasn't compliant. And then an hour later it is compliant. I think that's that story uh, among itself is like, that's, that's the solution uh, IT and security teams are after. Is that like pick the solution, let it do its thing. Everybody goes to bed happy. Right. Yeah, you mentioned something about insurance, Bradley. I mean, during when something goes wrong, something goes bad, the level of scrutiny goes through the roof. And anyone who casually thinks that 
that they're doing their due diligence um, often finds out during a, an audit, especially one that's you know uh, reliant on you getting paid an insurance premium. Um, they may discover they're not doing what what they thought they were doing. So uh, it's all about reducing risk, and this is this is a an easy win for a lot of teams. Again, uh, and, and, one click is perfect. Um, um, you know, Tim, what what have you know? What are your thoughts here as we you know, start to wrap up the show? Like, what are your parting thoughts? How you know? How are your customers taking this product? What are the, you know? What's what, what's been their reaction so far? Uh, our our customers love love it. They, I mean, our customers assume that we have everything taken care of, and so I think it's just that that extra layer where we can say. Hey, look, here's this other thing that we really should take care of, and we're going to take care of it for you, and you don't have to worry about it, has, has been really great. One of the things that has gotten us the most – I will say the thing that got us the most business um, last year, and I really wish we'd had this compliance tool last year, was um, – uh, so we're in Seattle – there's a super huge company that's name starts with an A, but I can't say it right. Um, their marketing, uh, uh, their marketing team was working with a bunch of other design companies across the country, and one and one of our customers was one of those teams. And uh, that big company went to all of those teams with a security audit and said, "Hey, what's your? Tell us, give us the answers." Well, my customer passed the test. We got five other customers from that because they all talked to each other and said, hey, go talk to these guys, right? So to me, to be able to make that conversation so much easier, which I know is going to happen now that I have this tool that I can use on a daily basis and just plug it in and make stuff go. And I can enroll a new customer and say, you know, bring their devices into compliance in, in an hour. I love it. I'm just, I mean, it's fantastic. And just to, just to add to that, the ability to run those reports as monitor only, just to see mm-hmm. what the compliance status is and have that conversation with your clients before remediating or auto-remediating is super mm-hmm. valuable. Uh, and and the, I've talked to a lot of MSPs who are making money off this as, a, as projects, projects to remediate. You know, the, uh, we wrap up here. I, I kind of hadn't thought about that. It's almost like a differentiator being able to have this compliance, even if you're, you're not, you know, again, you're just a design firm. Your customers are starting, you know, if you're working, again, let's like not even though design. Like let's say you, you're an organization that uh, does Salesforce consulting. Well, you're probably dealing with customer data. So you're, it becomes the ability, like if you can't prove your compliance, you may lose customers. But like being able to pr- prove this compliance and, and it's done, you may actually get customers faster than competitors. Mm-hmm. And it, that may become the reason right. you start to see business growth. Huh, exactly. I hadn't considered that. That's actually, that's actually a great point, especially for organizations that are you know, working with much bigger firms, that these are just non-negotiable issues. Uh, wow, I hadn't considered right. that. Yeah, those, those small firms, those small uh, businesses that are selling into large enterprise, you know, they start to get the requirements get pushed down from those lar- that large enterprise. It's a big deal. Yeah, yeah, it's, everyone's it's trying nothing. to put. Yeah, everyone's trying to push the risk downstream. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's. Um, yeah, I didn't think about that. I mean, like you, you're starting to have as small businesses is going to start to be have to almost have the IT requirements of a large business. Um, 
Well, that that got, I need to think on that some more. That that that's interesting. That's an interesting thought process. That's going to require me to. That may be a future blog or something because that's something I really hadn't considered. That you know you could be a three person uh, design firm and have to have the compliance of a three hundred person tech company because um, you made that maybe one of your customers. We we have several of those. Huh. <laughs> All right. Well, I love, I love podcasts where I leave with more questions than I came in. Not questions, but just like I have things to ponder and like the impl- implications of that. Um, yeah. So, okay, guys, this has been great. Uh, ben, uh, congrats on the New World Adagy. Again, Ben, big fan of the team. I uh, The only thing I'm slightly disappointed on, uh, and you can tell yeah. Jason this, that, see, we're on, video, we're on video here, and but the, the, show, so the show's audio, is you have the shelf behind you. And I think what you need is a WWE championship belt with the Adagy logo on it. Because if you're supposed to be the Apple champion, you've got to have a WWE belt. And exactly. you might have to defend I think that. I has one of those. I mean, I, th- I think you got to have because you might have to defend that belt. Like maybe they hire a second Apple champion, and you have to determine with some sort of like physical decathlon who is the number right, one champion. Right. So I'm kidding. Now that um, no, that's that would, that would be hilarious. So uh, well, hopefully Jason's <laughs> listening, and, and you'll get a belt soon. Uh, Tim, well, I think great- he's, a, he's like a former pro a gym, gymnast or something. So I don't think I want to compete against. Him. <laughs> that's, that's true. <laughs> um, Tim, great to meet you. I, I love chatting with uh, IT firms that that you know that aren't national, that are you know uh, you know aren't like they're focused on the needs of these. I'm going to say mom and pop organizations, but they're really not because they're serving like these high, but these, these teams that like really just uh, like, Hey, this IT is not our, like IT isn't our expertise, but we know we have to have it just like they're, they're not plumbers, but they know they need plumbing in their office. Like that. I think that I love the okay. firms that specialize in like helping everybody that, that you know, it, I think cause there's, again, I know I go and you go into any small town and not even small town, but like even a town like Chattanooga, I can tell you, uh, one of the guys lives in my neighborhood, uh, uh wire technology. Um, like they're a four person shop, but like they do some really good Fortinet deployments. They do a lot of wifi and like they're serving a lot of clients across town and like i think a lot of i think a lot of these um they don't want to deal with these like you know national companies they even if it's a different town they want to feel like hey we're doing business with people and like these are the people like if we were like in, in a pinch with some sort of like you know issue with our network or compliance a data breach like these are the people that are like, probably get on a plane and like come see us if they're not in the same town I, I i think there's like there's so many of those companies that just have turned along for the past 25 years just serving clients and doing it behind the scenes i think it's great um but uh we'll have a link to the show notes too if you want to learn more about creative techs uh, we'll have a link in the show notes. Uh, uh, we'll have a link to the uh, the news from Adigy on their compliance. And uh, again, if you're not connected with uh, Ben or Tim on social media, I'm sure we'll have links to uh, where they're at, LinkedIn, etc. But uh, guys, uh, thanks for coming on the show, and we'll talk to you talk to you all again. Hopefully, uh, not two years from now, but hopefully again soon. So uh, again, we'll we'll uh, thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll be back with another show next week. Thanks, Bradley. Thank you. <laughs>